Hey, it's Danielle, Will, and Ryder from Pod Meets World. Thanks to our friends at Hyundai, we were able to record a very special episode for you guys at the one and only, wait for it, Boy Meets World House. Take a listen. Are there any moments or spots on any of the sets we worked on over the seven years that you guys felt more at home that were like your little spots on the set you like to hang out? I'm afraid it was the sink. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, yeah. You had to act <laughs> by the sink a lot. Yeah. I was behind the counter. Yeah. Right. Doing business constantly. Uh-huh. Mom stuff. Uh-huh. <laughs> Disciplining you <laughs> in Amazing. some way. This has been brought to you by the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. New episode out now. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. Give your glucose alerts and readings from the G7. Do not match symptoms or expectations. Use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. Getting you ready for college and pro football. This is the Football Betting Guy with Jonathan Von Tobel. This is the Football Betting Guy. The lone correction that we've got is it's Greg Peterson this week. Filling in for John Von Tobel. Happy to be joining you guys for the next two hours and we're going to be taking a look at everything that we've been getting the last week in the world of football and turning it forward as we're finally going to be getting more football in our lives. Some of you guys might consider kickoff to be the Hall of Fame game. Other of you might consider it a little bit more of an appetizer, but now we're really going to be getting into preseason this week, and that means that we're going to have more betting opportunities. So we're going to be taking a look at that here in our number one, and we're going to be joined by a man that does a great job of looking at a lot of player props, looking at things from a fantasy perspective. Eric Moody does a great job over there at ESPN. He's going to be joining me in about 30 minutes. Going to be a little bit more NFL heavy in our number one. And then we're going to have some guests talking about college football in our number two as Adam Burke. He's going to be joining me at the tail end of this show. For those of you guys out there on the East Coast, 7.45 p.m. Eastern as he's also going to be hosting the run line for all of you that are interested in the world of baseball. He does a great job on both fronts and did a great job with our college football betting guide. And if you're looking for that college football betting guide out right now, vcin.com slash subscribe. Only way to be able to get it. These guys did an absolutely amazing job. The man that I'm filling in for, John Von Tobel, did an incredible job of taking a look at this. And Steve Mackinnon, he does great work with all of our guides. He has his fingerprints all over that college football guide. He's going to be doing a lot with the NFL guide as well. He's going to be joining me. 4.30 p.m. Pacific time, 7.30 p.m. Eastern. And then we're also going to be joined by Mark Schofield along the way. Talk a little bit more about the game of the NFL as well as we've got a lot that has actually happened the last week or so as well. And quite a bit of this is going to be interesting from what we're going to be seeing in these preseason games. I wound up hosting the VEASAN Bet Center yesterday and wound up having a good chat with Vinny Maliula, who, for those of you guys that know, does a great job over there at Gone Gaming, being able to take a look at how the numbers are moving, setting all these lines. And when it comes to being able to bet on the preseason, you really have got to know who's going to be really motivated during the preseason, who's all going to be playing or not. And what I think is very good about this time of year in terms of handicapping the NFL, right now you have no smoke screens. When it comes to week one and beyond, there's going to be a lot of times where a player is going to be a little bit banged up. You don't know what you're going to be able to get out of them. And 
the big thing is, in my opinion, and this really goes for all sports. You can look at college football, the NFL, baseball, list goes on and on. And the most frustrating thing for me personally when it comes to handicapping these games is dealing with a player that's injured and not only does he wind up playing or not, how close to 100% is that player going to be? Because you always notice that when these guys wind up getting a little bit banged up, it's announced, oh, player X. He was questionable for the game. He is actually going to be playing. You wind up seeing a big giant steam move if it winds up being insert your starting quarterback here, insert for the world of basketball guy that's averaging 20 points here. But if that player is playing at like 75, 80%, as opposed to say 90, 95%, that is something that is absolutely massive to take a look at. So something that you don't wind up having to deal with in the preseason. I do think that that's something that's worth noting. We're going to be bringing that up here in our number one, but we've got to discuss right now what is all going on with the Cleveland Browns? Because obviously, for those of you guys that love season win totals, it's been hard to be able to get any action whatsoever on the Cleveland Browns. The best thing that you've been able to do for the most part is taking a look at sort of the week one games as line because, I mean, unless if something very, very, very unforeseen happens, we know that Deshaun Watson is probably going to be getting at minimum six games as of right now. We don't know if that's going to be extending even further, but now we've got additional questions when it comes to Cleveland Browns as well, because right now the Deshaun Watson situation is one of those things where I don't want to be handicapping it any further than what is coming out right now because it's just unprecedented. We wound up seeing the six-game suspension, but now the NFL has decided to appeal it. Roger Goodell is not going to be the one that winds up hearing the, the sort of appeal, but at the same time, he's going to have one of his, shall we say, respected members be able to take a look at this as well. So this is one of these things that, I think that you just have to react as to what we wind up getting from there. Taking a look at the Browns' overall outlook. If you were looking to fade the Browns to start with, if you felt that even with Deshaun Watson, it certainly is not the best team in the division. Well, I don't think that there's anything to shy away from betting on, say, the Baltimore Ravens in terms of the futures market. If you're bullish on the Pittsburgh Steelers, list goes on and on. But if you're right now holding out, as to what you're going to be doing with the Cleveland Browns for this upcoming season. You certainly want to take a look there, but I think that's really interesting that Kareem Hunt decided that he was going to request for a trade, and when Kareem Hunt has been out there on the field and has been healthy, he's been able to be a relatively good contributor for the Cleveland Browns. Now, this is obviously a gentleman that, much like Deshaun Watson, he's had a little bit of, shall we say, off-the-field issues as well, so... And certainly have had a lot of that with regards to Cleveland Browns and some of the guys that they have brought in. But with regards to Kareem Hunt, very much a guy that winds up being able to help out the Browns in terms of just a little bit more of a change of pace, a little bit more of a home run hitter because you've got Nick Chubb, who I honestly think is one of the best running backs in the NFL. And it just leads to a very interesting NFC North or AFC North right now because when it comes to the North, the team that I really look at is the Baltimore Ravens with all the injuries that they wound up going through last season, and even with all those injuries, they were still in darn near every game that they wound up playing in. This is a bunch that they did wind up getting a little bit lucky with, what, in my opinion, the best kicker ever, being able to make that giant field goal out there in Detroit. But past that, they didn't wind up having a single break go their way all season long. The defense was bruised and battered. The offense, you wind up having Lamar Jackson wind up missing quite a few games. They had no semblance of their main running backs out there whatsoever. And 
quite honestly, everything that I take a look at with the since or with the Cleveland Browns in terms of a week in a week out basis. Yep, it's going to be very, very much so as to what winds up happening with Kareem on what happens with Deshaun Watson. But in terms of the futures market right now, I don't think that this winds up making too much of a difference because I do think that the Baltimore Ravens have the goods to be able to get it done. And what I think is so interesting because in diving into what we wound up seeing it with the Baltimore Ravens last season. It was sort of a battle of opposites in this division last season because I talk about all the injury issues that you wind up having with the Cleveland Browns. You're able to take a look, or, or I should say the Baltimore Ravens, you're able to take a look at what wound up happening with the team that wound up winning the division last year in the Cincinnati Bengals. And, I mean, Joe Burrow wound up saying it himself prior to them being able to make the Super Bowl. They were very, very lucky in terms of the Lack of injuries, a lack of COVID-19, which unfortunately just wound up ravaging the entire league towards back half last season. They were the team that really avoided it the most. And sometimes the best ability is availability, especially when it comes to the NFL. But I do think that it is going to lead to the Ravens being able to step up, win this division. You never want to count out the Pittsburgh Steelers because Mike Tomlin won of a coach and I do think that with everything that's happening with Pittsburgh, it's going to lend a little bit of value when it comes to preseason as well. These teams in the preseason, you've got a couple of them that we all know and love what they're able to do. John Harbaugh, as I'm talking about the Baltimore Ravens, they've won 20 straight games in the preseason. I believe that they have covered all but one of those games in that 20-game span. So no question, if you've been taking them, you've been able to come out very, very successful. But when it comes to this Pittsburgh Steelers team, they have to figure out who in the world their quarterback is going to be as they are going to be having a battle between Mitchell Trubisky along with Kenny Pickett. Now, I think that it's just so hilarious that we wound up seeing so many futures tickets in terms of Mitchell Trubisky to wind up winning MVP just a few short seasons ago. And as it turned out with everything that wound up happening with Chicago last season, the arrow wound up turning upward a little bit on Mitchell Trubisky because of how bad the Chicago Bears were. So that's a little bit of a one thing winds up leading to another sort of ordeal. But with Mitchell Trubisky, certainly someone that while he was with Chicago had his ups and his downs, I think that it's going to be fascinating to see how this one winds up playing out because Kenny Pickett had a very, very good season at Pittsburgh. But Trubisky, someone that is able to do a little bit more with his feet as well. I think that it's going to be a very good battle, but as a result, Pittsburgh Steelers are probably going to be coming out in the preseason, really going to want to see what you wind up getting out of these guys. And what I do think is also worth taking note of with regards to Pittsburgh Steelers, taking a look at them from a totals perspective. They, no question, were one of the teams that wound up having some of the lower totals last season because we're going to call it what it is. Ben Roethlisberger was the quarterback for them last season, but I think it's fair to say that that was more or less a guy that was putting on a jersey that's last name said Roethlisberger on there rather than the Ben Roethlisberger that we all know and love from the early to mid-2000s who was able to really do a great job of hanging in there in the pocket. That was just a little bit of a different guy in general, but you just take a look at that defense with TJ Watt, all that he was able to do last season. They pick up Miles Jack as well. They still have Minka Fitzpatrick in the secondary, and I think that it is going to lead to the AFC North being a little bit more of an underdivision this season because the Baltimore Ravens, even though they do have a very explosive player in Lamar Jackson that I know that a lot of people like to knock him, I think that Lamar Jackson has just such a unique skill set, but he's going to have to go up against some of the toughest defenses in the NFL as well. So I do think that this AFC North is very fascinating, and 
The plot just thickens even further with everything that winds up going on with the Cleveland Browns and something else that we are noticing as well. And I think that this is worth talking about on the other side because I do think that the NFC West, it's not getting as much attention going into this year because this year, really, you wind up having one division of doom every single year in the NFL. Last year, it was the NFC West. This year, it's the AFC West because you wind up seeing Russell Wilson wind up going to Denver. You wind up seeing the Chargers wind up coming just an overtime away from being able to make the playoffs. Savate Adams, he's out in the division. You're able to go down the list. I mean, when Derek Carr might be the worst quarterback in a division, that warrants some discussion. And the NFC North or the NFC West seeing a little bit less attention right now just because the Seattle Seahawks did wind up seeing a little bit of a spiral. But I think that there might be a little bit more here with Matthew Stafford than we had really been led to believe until about a few days ago. And I do think that the comments that were made by Sean McVay certainly were taking a little bit more of a look at. And I do think that it is interesting taking a look at the West. And we're going to be diving into that next right here on the Football Betting Guide right here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. This episode is made possible by PwC. When unprecedented times are all the time, it's time to start walking the talk. Leaders like you turn to PwC to see and stay ahead. Upskill your workforce, use intelligent automation, and transform big ideas into breakthrough outcomes. Explore the human-led, tech-powered solutions that help you thrive. It's all part of the new equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tobal. We are back here on the Football Betting Guide show. Greg Peterson holding it down for John Von Doble. And I have a couple of moving parts on the show today. As Elliot Bauman, my wonderful producer here today, he does an amazing job over here at the network. You've got my audio engineer in Taylor. He always does an amazing job whenever I'm on the look at, along with, I know that from time to time, he's on the Greg Peterson experience as well. You've got our technical director, Dakota, doing amazing work as well. And then on top of that, You've got Nick, who does an amazing job helping out here at the network. John Brown, all these guys behind the scenes. They're the best in the business. They are why you've got all the wonderful graphics on the screen. And you're hearing me as I wind up trying to give you guys just everything that we need to have an amazing football season. Going to be talking a little bit more college football in our number two. Going a little bit more out 
NFL here in Hour 1 as Eric Moody does a great job at ESPN taking a look at things from both a betting and a fantasy perspective. He's going to be joining me in about 15 minutes. But if you're taking a look forward to what we're going to be seeing in Week 1 of the NFL, and I want to mention this on the flip side, that there is one big injury that is causing for a little bit of a line move right now. And we wound up seeing a little bit of this movement wind up happening already prior to this news. But we've seen even more steam come in on this week one game that we're going to be seeing on Thursday between the Buffalo Bills and the LA Rams. And by that, I mean the Thursday that winds up kicking off the season, the 8th of September. Right now, the Bills, you're finding them anywhere between about a two to two and a half point favorites. Bills in a lot of places, up until you want appearing all of the rumblings of Matthew Stafford, a lot of places like where I'm at right now at Circa. They want it going from the Bills being a one-point favorite. They have now moved them to a two-and-a-half. Currently at DraftKings, you're seeing a few twos out there as well, but I do think that there is a little bit of concern when it comes to Matthew Stafford and everything that he's dealing with right now. Now, even with the movement that we're seeing in week one, and I do think that the movement is relatively warranted. This is a Buffalo's Bills bunch that currently they are the betting favorites to be able to win the Super Bowl. I think that them being 6-1 to one to win the Super Bowl is a little bit too short in my opinion. I don't see a whole heck of a lot of value there, especially when you've got a lot of, shall we say, evenly matched teams, I think is the best way to put it. You can never count out Tom Brady when it comes to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Aaron Rodgers has won back-to-back MVPs now. Team around them, a little bit depleted with not having Devontae Adams, but that defense out there in Green Bay, it is still very solid. I mean, even take a look at the AFC. I think that the Baltimore Ravens, a team that I was talking about quite a bit in the last segment, they're still very formidable. That You just take a look at the entirety of the AFC West. Whoever winds up getting out of that division, they're going to be very fearsome. I mean, that's headlined by the Kansas City Chiefs and good old Patrick Mahomes. But, I mean, even a team that is projected to finish dead last by a lot of people in the Oakland Raiders, I wouldn't be surprised if they wind up having a very nice season. So I do think that when it's all said and done, 6-1 on any team to win the Super Bowl, it is just a little bit too short. It's not really a knock on the Buffalo Bills. I think that it just shows how evenly matched these top teams are in the NFL. But that said, I do think that the line movement is relatively warranted because I mean, you're looking at a situation where the Rams, they don't wind up playing their guys in the preseason to start with. It's no surprise that we're probably not going to be seeing Matthew Stafford at all this preseason, and that's status quo for the Rams. There are certain teams in which they are going to throw out there their guys in the preseason. I mean, I want to throwing out there the stat the last segment that John Harbaugh won each out of his last 20 preseason games. There are other teams in which, you know what, they don't do a whole lot of life. You've seen the Chiefs go 19-45-2 against the spread in terms of their preseason games. Really, for Andy Reid in general, whenever he was with both the Chiefs and the Eagles, not necessarily a trustworthy guy against the spread in the preseason. You just have some of these coaches. You're able to play these trends a lot more, in my opinion, when it comes to the preseason rather than the regular season. So if you're looking for a little bit of a preseason angle, you've got that there. And if you're taking a look at week one, by the way, in terms of what the LA Rams are going to be getting, they're going to be playing against the Chargers. Chargers, but in a lot of places, they're finding themselves a two and a half point favor with a total of 31. And for anyone that's looking at preseason lines, you're seeing very, very low totals in those. We wound up seeing the Hall of Fame game that wound up going down to 30 and a half. Just on principle, I felt like that wound up getting a little bit too low. And guys on offense that they're still looking to get a little bit of a paycheck too. This is not like you wind up having the style of offense where it's like Villanova versus Delaware in the FCS. These are guys that 
They were still guys like Jared Stidham and company. I mean, once again, Jared Stidham, not a guy that's going to be up for like NFL MVP or anything like that, but we wound up seeing what he was able to do at Auburn, a total of like 30 and after 31. That's a little bit too low in those in those spots, in my opinion, even if it is a preseason, but certainly I do think that it is interesting to take a look at some of these trends, but when it comes to Matthew Safford and all that he's dealing with, it should cause for a little bit of concern because we saw what he was able to do with the LA Rams last season, and the biggest thing is as well, when it comes to Rams, their backup is John Wolford. Now, Wolford actually has a little bit of postseason experience because of what wound up happening with Jared Goff a few seasons ago, but I think it's fair to say that is not one of the better backup quarterback situations out there. Meanwhile, if you're going up against a Buffalo Bills team that they're firing all cylinders, they wind up trotting out their Von Miller and company, that is a little bit fearsome, but even if you do wind up having a shall we say, less than 100% Matthew Safford, unless if this really winds up being something that keeps him out for many, many different games. Because even if Matthew Safford plays in this game against the Buffalo Bills, I do think that it's going to be a little bit of stiff competition. From there, it gets a little bit easier because you wind up playing the Atlanta Falcons at home. I'm going to be diving into teams I think that are going to be the worst in the NFL this season a little bit later on. Here's a spoiler. The Atlanta Falcons are certainly on that short list of teams I think are going to have a less than seller season, and I don't think that there's a lot of disagreement there, but I do think that it is relatively critical that Stafford is out there on the field when it comes to Week 3 and beyond, because then you wind up going on the road against the Arizona Cardinals and on the road against the San Francisco 49ers. Not only are those good teams, but at the same time, those are games that are within the division, and you wind up losing those games and tiebreaker winds up being divisional record and say the Arizona Cardinals, the San Francisco 49ers, they have a leg up. That is something certainly to take note of now with the Rams, even if Stafford does wind up missing a few games, I still think that they should be the favorites in the division because of what we're also seeing as well in San Francisco. They do wind up re-signing Debo Samuel, but I just still think that with the San Francisco 49ers, the fact that they have decided and they are wholesale in on this, going to Trey Lance rather than Jimmy G and keeping him sort of as a starter for the beginning part of the season, I think that it winds up hurting this San Francisco 49ers team for the year 2022. Now, for 2023, 2024, beyond, the upside is there for the San Francisco 49ers. And heck, even this year, the ceiling is higher for the San Francisco 49ers, but moving away from Jimmy G, the floor is significantly lower as well because with Jimmy G, you sort of know what you're getting. You know that Jimmy G is not some sort of like a top five quarterback. If you're down by six points with two minutes left to go, he's not necessarily the master of the two-minute drill. But with Jimmy G, you know that if the game is very, very tight, the team is up by two points, and you just need the team to not turn the ball over in those final two minutes, you're going to be able to get that out of Jimmy G. Meanwhile, with Trey Lance, this is a relatively inexperienced guy. Someone that has very, very good athletic attributes. Someone that, in a few years, he could wind up being that guy that really is able to take hold. But you notice that with a lot of these younger quarterbacks, it takes them a little bit. Not everyone could be Patrick Mahomes winding up lighting the world on fire. There are cases like, I mean, we're going to throw it out there. Josh Allen, he really struggled in his first year plus with the Buffalo Bills. Year number three, things wind up clicking. Now you wind up finding the Buffalo Bills as the Super Bowl favorite. Now, also in the case of Josh Allen, he was going to a Buffalo Bills team in which, well, they hadn't experienced a lot of success in a very, very long time. Meanwhile, the San Francisco 49ers, 
They are coming off of going to the Super Bowl just merely a few seasons ago and being, I mean, honestly, one throw away from being able to win that Super Bowl. I don't know if you can necessarily pin that all on Jimmy G. I mean, if you wind up having that interception actually being an interception against the LA Rams as well, Jimmy G winds up getting the team to two Super Bowls over the course of three years as well. So I do think that moving on from Jimmy Garoppolo, even though he obviously wound up having his offseason ailments as well. I do think that it is going to lead to a little bit of a rough situation for the 49ers, and we really didn't wind up seeing this win total move when we wind up seeing the news of Jimmy G and the fact that he's not going to be the quarterback because, I mean, let's call it what it is, the writing was out there on the wall, but the win total of 10, the way that I want to take a look at this was if Jimmy G was a starter, I thought that there was good value on the over with Trey Lance out there. I think that's going to be a little bit of a horse of peace situation. Now, the one thing that is really going to be helping out Trey Lance, I don't make overly much out of scheduling and how it winds up breaking down, but the fact that the first two games for the San Francisco 49ers are going to be against the Chicago Bears and the Seattle Seahawks, I mean, talk about confidence boosters right there. Those are two of the worst teams out there. And then in the front half of the season as well, you get the poopy Atlanta Falcons. So that is really going to be able to help them out. A lot of the tougher games. For the season, they wind up coming in the back half of the season. They're going to have a game at the Raiders that is going to be very difficult. They wind up wrapping up the season with the Arizona Cardinals. So I do think that that winds up hurting them. But certainly, I think that it's an interesting NFC West. And it's worth taking note as to what's going to be happening with Matthew Stafford moving forward. And a guy that does a great job taking a look at a lot of individual players because he does a great job on the fantasy side as well as the betting side. That'd be Eric Moody of ESPN, and he is going to be joining me next right here on the Football Betting Guide on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. This is the Football Betting Guide with Jonathan Von Tobel. Baseball predictions made brighter. Join the Born in a Ballpark Challenge presented by Blue Moon to compete for free for cash all season long. Enter into weekly prediction pools. Fight for your share of $62,500 in total cash prizes. Head on over to DraftKings.com slash Blue Moon now to dive in on the action. Blue Moon made brighter. 21 years or older. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com for details. As per usual, please your drink responsibly as... We are back here on the Football Betting Guide right here on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. And great to be joined by Eric Moody. He does a great job over at ESPN, both in terms of taking a look at fantasy sports and does a great job on the betting side as well. And Eric, always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you. Oh, no, you're welcome. Hey, it's always, it's always great to talk NFL training camp preseason. It's here. The time is now. <laughs> yep. Finally, we are getting some live games that aren't the Hall yes. of Fame game as well. So we might finally be able to see some... More guys that we're going to see, be seeing a little bit more regularly on Sunday. Typically week one of the preseason, you're not going to see these starters wind up going like full bore or anything like that. But with that said, is there anything that you're taking a look at in terms of preseason week one or just any sort of trends, any sort of just advice in general for those that are looking to fire in on week one as things are going to be getting heated up in the next few days? Yeah, I would say for, for week one, I haven't gotten that far ahead to, uh, to determine recommendations or whatnot, but you know, I always have like some tips or things that I look into uh, when I'm watching, you know, kind of training camp reports, watching or listening or watching preseason games. I could dive into some of that if you'd like, Greg. Oh, absolutely. Please do, because I do feel like we want to getting a lot of news 
from training camp the last few days, especially yeah. what we're seeing out there in Los Angeles in terms of Matthew Stafford. Now, the Rams, they really don't play their guys during the preseason anyway. That's not going to affect the handicap in terms of yeah. their week one preseason game against the LA Chargers. But that said, I do think that that has big implications moving forward. And we've seen the betting line in terms of regular season week one against the Bills move as a result of the news. Yeah, no, that uh, I will I will highlight that you know because you mentioned it. Yeah, that Stafford news is 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 big, especially considering if uh, if it does linger because that that'll impact the entire offense, passing game, the running game, you know everything from A to Z. And even with Sean McVay's comments about you know depending on how he throws in an upcoming practice, that'll dictate how much sleep he gets. You know that's something that did uh, did kind of raise my uh, my alarms for me personally so that'll be something that that we could see but i'll just say for everyone that's out there it's so much information that we're trying to uh, to digest and so just a couple of things that i always like to pay attention to are like practice reports you know from various uh, nfl reporters that are out there you know if a player is getting reps with the first team like usage uh reports about that like how a player will be utilized in a specific scheme uh you know, when we get to actual more preseason games to see how uh, a team starters will play against, uh, you know, how long they'll play, you know, against the other team starters. And also, too, like the progress of second year players. I think that's important, that first full NFL offseason. And of course, you know, Greg, you know, we all talk a lot about position battles, right? You know, who's going to come out on top on, on some of those uh, competitions that are out there. So those are some things that I, uh, I do pay attention to. I'll close on this and pass it back to you. Things I, I don't pay attention to. Preseason records, don't pay attention to those. <laughs> and, and obviously those, those single-player highlights that keep getting shared and shared and shared on Twitter. So if it's multiple, it'll catch my attention. But if it's just that same one, yeah, I, I wouldn't pay too much. And I think that that's <laughs> so important, and I'm so glad yeah. that you brought it up. There's nothing more nauseating than going on, pre or going on Twitter and seeing, oh, Player X and the training camp practice number seven wound up going two of three on this series. And it's like, oh, you got to be kidding me. I mean, it's just a little <laughs> bit too much in my opinion. Now, to your point, what I think is very important is it's like, oh, Player X has had one or two really yes. good weeks. He's starting to see reps with the first team and wound up seeing reps in multiple days. That's something that you want to take a look at. And what I think is so big right now, taking a look at training camp is, Trying to sort through the just random play-by-play. -play. Nobody cares that some guy caught a button hook for eight yards. But at the same time, <laughs> if a guy day in and day out, he's seeing a bunch of targets. He's actually catching the ball. It's long, sustained. You're seeing a trend there. I think that that's important to take a look at. No, I completely agree. It's all about the trend. Absolutely. So... Try to not wind up turning on notifications for play-by-play, -play, but instead wind up taking a look at the big picture in general. And I do think that when it comes to the preseason, you are so right with regards to these records as well being, well, shall we say meaningless, case in point, when the Detroit Lions wound up going 0-16, they were actually undefeated in the preseason, so I wouldn't read too much into that. But I do think yeah. that there is ways to be able to make a little bit of money in the preseason because I wound up pointing out the fact that John Harbaugh he has won each out of his last 20 preseason games. And I do think yeah. that in terms of your preseason handicap versus your regular season handicap, you can take a lot more of a look at some of these trends as well because there are a lot of teams that they are what they are in the preseason. And the one good thing about the preseason as well is that you're not going to have any smoke screens as well. I'm not sure if you agree with this or not, but I do think that taking a look at trends when it comes to preseason, much more recommended rather than when taking a look at them during the regular season. Yeah, no, I would agree with you there, especially, you know, if you're looking at it from like a betting lens, because it's, you know, a, a lot of teams, they, they aren't, you know, they don't want to risk their star players, you know, for one, they don't want to risk those players, you know, getting hurt. And 
you know, they, they don't want to show too much of the playbook. And so everything is going to be kind of, you know, vanilla. You know, it's not going to be chocolate or mint chocolate chip or, you know, Rocky Rope. It's going to be vanilla. I enjoy butter pecan as well. And I don't think that we are going to be getting that either, unfortunately. So that makes me a little bit sad. But when it comes to what we have been seeing the last, we're going to call it a week or so of training camp, we want to mention the Matthew Stafford news. Have there been any guys that have really stood out to you, whether it be from the positive or the negative? Because we have been seeing few guys wind up signing deals, getting back into training camp. We wind up seeing that with guys like Debo Samuel and company. And then we've yeah. seen a few guys that they've been dealing with some things off the field, like Kareem Hunt. He wound up requesting a trade a few days ago as well. So I do think that that's worth taking note of. But in terms of mm-hmm. just what you've been seeing in general, any guys that you're a little bit more bullish slash bearish on based on last week or two? Yeah, I would say one one bit of news that immediately came to mind was like Josh Jacobs with him playing, you know, so many snaps and getting so many touches in a Hall of Fame game, especially where you got guys like Derek Carr, Devontae Adams, and Darren Waller that are out. And so I just think that backfield is shaping up to be a frustrating one. But when we look at the Raiders where they declined Jacobs' fifth year option and almost like treating him like a player who needs to win his job, you know, that's not a good sign. And yeah, I think it it speaks volumes because it sounds like, you know, Kenyon Drake, Zamir White, those are running backs that'll be part of that committee that may be more involved than people think. Uh, I know you mentioned some of the deals that were signed. You know, Deontay Johnson is huge, uh, just given, you know, his role with that Steelers passing game. And I think he could still have similar success as he did last season and the previous season, even with someone like Mitch Trubisky uh, under, under center. And he's someone that I have projected that could easily see like 140 plus targets and he could still thrive in that quarterback situation. And I think he's someone that's a great value, uh, obviously in fantasy, but from a betting lens, you know, I do like the over on his uh, receiving yard prop. And I'll kind of close on this and pass it back to you. Um, I think Isaiah McKenzie is someone that has really impressed me. And it seems like other Bills reporters, too, so far at training camp. He's operating as the first-team slot receiver. And, and, and that's huge because the Bills offense ranked fifth last season, you know, 389.3 total yards per game. Then you look at the frequency that the – Bills run plays with three or more wide receivers on the field. You know, 1,534 plays. Those were that was the number of plays with exactly three wide receivers, fifth the most in the league. And they also, uh, when you throw in four receiver sets, you know, the Bills have run more than 100 plays of this nature, more so than any other team in the league. And then to bring all that together, you got Josh Allen who loves the slot receivers, and so that's someone you know in Isaiah McKenzie that I think a lot of people in fantasy are uh, overlooking. But also, he's just someone from like a betting lens that can help this team, you know, continue to take it to the next level. I know they want to win the Super Bowl, so that's a goal. So I do think that that is very big to take a look at. To your point, the Bills <laughs> they do a really good job of slinging it, and a little bit of a detriment to them last year. I I do feel like they should have probably ran the ball a little bit more than they did yeah, as well. But certainly, when you wind up being able to have all of those weapons. That winds up being able to help you out. And speaking of the ground game a little bit more, I'm intrigued by some of the guys that are out there in the AFC South as well because I take a look at a pair of guys that have been banged up the last few seasons and them being able to rebound. I take a look at Travis Etienne. Right now, his rushing prop at DraftKings, I'm seeing it at a 7.05.5. Him being able to team up with Trevor Lawrence, I think that that's relatively big. And then if Marlon Mack could just stay out there on the field for the Houston Texans, that is big. I don't know if you see any value with any either of these two guys, but I think that these are two guys that, from both a fantasy and a betting perspective, could be able to lend a lot of value this season. Yeah, the, the thing with uh, Travis Etienne that, that really concerns me with his usage this upcoming season is like with James Robinson, who you know seems like he's, he's getting back to health and should be involved. And so 
you know, I love ETN like as an athlete and what he can do when the ball's in his hands, but I do have some concerns over uh, the touches. And as far as the like, Texans' backfield, you know, if Marlon Mack, I'm like, he's surrounded by a number of veteran backs there. But, you know, I think Damian Pierce is someone that, you know, could emerge as the leader in that backfield. I think the question comes down to, uh, I guess, time. You know, like, well, you know, how long will it take? So I think the preseason will give us like an indication you know, of what that looks like and kind of how his practice reports are and, and, and obviously how quickly he can adapt to the, uh, to the NFL game since he is a rookie after all. Yep, and I do think that it's going to be important for both of these teams to be able to establish a little bit of the ground as both of them have second-year quarterbacks. And I know that, Eric, you're doing a great job of getting prepared for this upcoming season. Always a pleasure to chat with you. Thank you so much for joining me right here on The Betting Guide. You're welcome. Until next time, Greg, have a good rest of the show. Eric doing absolutely amazing work over there at ESPN. Always great to be able to get him aboard. And coming up next, we were talking about the Jaguars and we were also talking about the Texans. Neither of those teams are my favorite to wind up having the fewest amount of wins in the NFL. Who is? I will dive into that next right here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. This episode is made possible by PwC. It's getting hot out here. Moving the mercury can help move your business. PwC helps turn sustainability theory into real-world action. Reduce your carbon footprint while increasing transparency in net-zero commitments. Start with reporting to identify your climate risks and reinvent your business. Create a more sustainable business and a stronger planet. It's all part of The New Equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray, rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen.com slash. This is the Football Betting Guy with Jonathan Von Tobel. The College Football Guide is out right now. Start your football season on the right foot with expert profiles of every single team, including trends, power ratings, and over-under recommendations, plus our best season win total bets, Heisman hopefuls, playoff predictions, and so much more. The only way to get access to this year's Football Betting Guide is by becoming a VEASAN All Access subscriber. Sign up early, and for a discount of $175, you'll receive everything, including the College and Pro Football Betting Guides, Full VEASAN access all the way through the Super Bowl. Plus, I'm sure there's going to be other goodies like the college basketball betting guide included as well. Or for just $40 a month, see everything that VEASAN has to offer to up your betting game. Go to VEASAN.com slash subscribe for all your options and become part of the Sports Betting Network as it is the 
football betting guide right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. A big thanks to Eric Moody for joining me in the last segment. And it was very interesting talking about some of the running backs that we might be able to see rise up for some of these teams that are going to be, shall we say, a little bit towards the bottom of the league. I wanted bringing up Marlon Mack of the Houston Texans. Wanted also bringing up Travis Etienne, what he's going to be able to do over there at the Jacksonville Jaguars. And those are two of the teams that they are towards the top of the board in terms of odds to win the fewest games in the NFL this season. You're able to make a whole lot of money taking a look at Super Bowl props and everything like that. But you know what? For for all the money that you can make off of these trustworthy teams, you're able to make just as much money fading less than trustworthy teams. Right now, DraftKings, the Texans are the leaders in the clubhouse to wind up having the fewest wins in the 2022 NFL season. They're currently at plus 275. From there, you've got the Falcons at plus $4. The Seattle Seahawks are plus $750. The J-E-T-S Jets, Jets, Jets are plus $850. From there, you've got the Bears at 10 to 1. The Jags at, or the Lions at 11 to 1. And they've got the Jags at 12 to 1, I believe. The Panthers, they are 12 to 1 as well. The Giants are 14 to 1. And then you've got the Steelers clocking in at 18 to 1. And the one that I would not be willing to take is the Steelers just because Mike Tomlin will not allow that team to wind up being that bad, which is why you got obviously a big discrepancy in the price. But Pittsburgh Steelers, that's the team that I'm going to cross off the list. You don't want to take a look there. There is one team that towards the top, I think that they lend the best value, and that would be our good friends, the Atlanta Falcons. You take a look at this Atlanta Falcons team, and among the teams that were, shall we say, hot garbage last season, they're the only one that really, in my opinion, got markably worse. Now, you're able to make that distinction with the Bears as well with some of the players that they wanted training away, but you know what? The coaching situation, it couldn't get any worse, so they actually wound up getting a little bit of an upgrade there. This is pretty much Justin Fields' rookie season, so you're looking for a team from the NFC. I don't think that the Bears are a bad look. If you're taking a look at season wins, by the way, the most popular bet at so many books thus far this year, and I can't knock anyone for taking it because I am right there in the same boat. Chicago Bears, under six and a half wins. I don't see a pathway for them to be able to get to six and a half, but on top of that, when it comes to the Atlanta Falcons, I don't see any way this team is not dead last in this division because, I mean, with the New Orleans Saints, I think that they're going to be an improved team. If you're looking for a team that wound up having a record of fewer than 10 wins last season, I think could be able to get to 10 plus wins, a team that can be able to rise up, make the playoffs, lend some value there. I do think that it is the New Orleans Saints. Even though they do wind up losing their coach in Sean Payton, they still have some relatively solid pieces that wind up coming back after they were all banged up last season, like Michael Thomas and company. Thomas, he's now back out there on the practice field. We're seeing good things there. Now, the one thing that might wind up helping out the Atlanta Falcons is they're in a division which the Carolina Panthers well, they've got no idea where to go with regards to the quarterback spot as well. When it's all said and done, I do think that it's going to be Baker Mayfield. But, I mean, we could see a spot in which it's maybe Baker Mayfield for a few weeks. Then they wind up, say, going to Sam Darnold for a few weeks. And then they wind up going back to Baker Mayfield. And then they wind up going back to Sam Darnold. And you know what? By the end of the season, they're trotting out there a bunch of rookies. So, I mean, that could be something that we do wind up seeing with the Carolina Panthers, but you just take a look at this Atlanta Falcons schedule, and they did them no favors to begin the season with their first two games coming against the Saints and then on the road against the LA Rams. You do wind up getting a little bit of an easier game against the Seattle Seahawks, but you know, reason why I can't take a look at the Seahawks for this 
moniker as well as just because the Seahawks are going to be able to win a few games at home. The, the 12s, they're going to be able to do an absolutely amazing job if you're looking at your best home field advantages in really any sport. I think that the fans out there in Seattle, they are just absolutely incredible. Now, with that said, you also have a less than great quarterbacking situation there as well. This is no longer the Legion of Boom for the Seattle Seahawks and they themselves. They've got a little bit of a tough schedule, but at the very least, they did wind up getting cut a few breaks, in my opinion, as well as I just want to mention the fact that they wind up playing against the Atlanta Falcons. They're going to be able to go up against the Carolina Panthers. I mentioned a little bit earlier, they've got a game against the Jets that is going to be at home as well. So I do think that they're going to get enough wins to be able to avoid the ineptitude that we're going to be seeing with the Atlanta Falcons. And when it comes to Marcus Mariota, he just doesn't seem like he's really suited for the NFL. Him being able to stay out there on the field is going to be absolutely critical for the Atlanta Falcons. And I don't think that you can bank on that. And if he winds up getting hurt, you've got Desmond Ritter and Felipe Franks. That is not a good situation to have. Ritter is someone that I wasn't necessarily impressed with while he was at Cincinnati. I mean, in a few years, he could be maybe like the next Charlie Whiters or something like that, a relatively solid backup. But I really don't see much of a pathway for him moving forward. They've got a converted wide receiver in Cordell Patterson or Corderell Patterson currently at the halfback position. And I mean, other than Kyle Pitts, who does Marcus Mariota have to throw to? I mean, if you're banking on Drank London being one of your main wide receivers, that's not a situation that you necessarily want. I do think that their left tackle and Jake Matthews is actually a little bit underrated. This is a bunch that they do have quite a bit when it comes to that offensive line itself. So it's not going to be a case in which Marcus Mariota is going to have the world's worst protection. So I will give them that, but this is a front seven that I don't think that they're going to be able to do a very good job at all of being able to get to the passer. I mean, you really need more than what you want of getting out of Grady Jarrett last season as Jarrett had a whopping one sack last season. Now, I do recognize that Jarrett in recent years, he's been someone that has seen a little bit of a fall off. He's been able to stay out there on the field, but I mean, his sack totals, I mean, they've just went straight down the toilet bowl. That's not necessarily too terrific for this team either. So I do think that the Falcons, they're really going to be up against it. If I'm looking at a team that might be sort of on the same wavelength, I'd probably be taking a look at the Seattle Seahawks as well. I mentioned a little bit earlier, and we could wind up seeing that week three game between the Atlanta Falcons and the Seattle Seahawks really be a big decider in this award because I actually do think that the Houston Texans do lend a little bit of value with regards to the over on their season wins. They're right now the short shot at plus 275. Davis Mills showed some good signs of brightness last season. Now, Davis Mills is not going to be becoming like the next MVP or anything like that. But, I mean, at four and a half wins for the Houston Texans, they should be able to split with the Jacksonville Jaguars. And when it's all said and done, I do think that those two, shall we say, once again, not so great teams. I do think that they are going to be able to split those games. So I do think that they wind up getting one off the bat right there. And it's not like they were necessarily hooked up with the world's worst schedule because, I mean, they were absolutely terrible last season. So... As a result, you wind up getting the luck out of the draw going your way. I mean, one of their road games is going to be on the road against the Chicago Bears. That's certainly a winnable game for them. They're going to be playing against a team like the New York Giants towards the back half of the season. I mean, who are the Washington Commanders to really be too much of a favorite in any of these games either? They're going to get a home game against them. And if you're looking for a sneaky team that I think could be absolutely terrible this season, one that did not wind up making the list, it is Washington Commanders because I don't have a lot of faith in when you're going to be able to get out of the quarterback spot because, 
I mean, in week number one for the Washington Commanders, look no further than who they wind up playing, the Jacksonville Jaguars. The whole reason why Carson Wentz is currently with Washington is out with the Indianapolis Colts. I firmly believe that if Carson Wentz winds up delivering an okay performance and the Indianapolis Colts do not wind up losing as two touchdown favorites to the Jacksonville Jaguars, who were sad and pathetic last season because they were coached by a buffoon for much of it, that, you know what, he's probably still over there in Indy. Instead, you wind up having what winds up going on with regards to the team I think is going to have the fewest amount of wins. That would be the Atlanta Falcons. Having Matt Ryan go over to the Indianapolis Colts puts a lot of the wheels in motion as to what we're going to be seeing for this upcoming season. And when it comes to the Atlanta Falcons, you just have really nothing with regards to wide receiver core because their best wide receiver, he was caught doing parlays. That's not necessarily a way that you want to be going out. So that's not terrific for this Atlanta Falcons team. The defense, I don't think that they're going to be able to get a lot of pressure either. And I do think that those divisional games as well between they and the Carolina Panthers, those are going to be worth noting. I do think that Matt Rule is a good enough coach to be able to help this team be able to avoid the seller. But as I said, I do think that it's going to be a little bit rough for the Panthers as well. I think that there's a good chance that they could be able to take both of those games a clean bill of health. Where Christian McCaffrey is going to be big. Can never bank on him being out there for a full season. I mean, if they can wind up getting two-thirds of a season out of him, I think that that would be a little bit of a win. But I do see some good pieces for them on defense. Not a team that I think is going to be able to make the postseason, but what teams that didn't make the playoffs do I think are going to Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom. Compatibility. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's Reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.